0: J.R. Spear, R. Spear,
1: R. Spear.
0: Welcome, everyone, to another episode on our Daily Creep Podcast show. Today, I have Nicole, who helps entrepreneurs build creative business solutions to break through glass ceilings and 10x their businesses. She has helped entrepreneurs around the world positively impact millions of lives. Her work incorporates tested business strategies and scientifically proven modalities of mental mindset and physical health. Nicole studied economics at Harvard and has her law and business degrees from Stanford. She has served as a director of the Stanford Business School Advisory Board and has founded, operated, and invested in multiple companies. The proud mother of a filmmaker who is a rising junior at Stanford and the singer-songwriter who is a rising sophomore at Harvard University, Nicole strives to promote harmony into her work, family, and friends. So welcome, Nicole. Thank you so much for being an, uh, a guest on our podcast show.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Jr.
0: Yeah, no problem. I'm always excited to bring new people on, hear their life stories, hear about what they're doing, and ultimately add value to the people that are listening to our shows. So to kind of get started, I always like to know your life journey. What brought you to where you're at today to do what you're doing?
1: Yeah, so let's, I would say my life journey starts with one of my passions, which is chocolate and ice cream. (laughs) There you go. And um, so I I was... um, I'm one of those people who, who's was always, you know, love being in health and kind of optimizing different things. But I, even as much as I told myself, okay, let's not, have, you know, don't have that chocolate cake or, or chocolate really, or don't have that ice cream. I would sort of thing, um, which, and I say, even though I started to say, okay, I'm going to be good. Sometimes it always didn't work that way. And then I, um, so I am the child of educators. So I had to one day say, wait, hold on a second. What is going on? Even though I know I shouldn't have this or I, or I tell myself I'm not going to, I keep I, I continue to do it because I, I kind of, if you will, have those slip up moments. Um, um, as I later on found out about 95 percent of the world of uh, the world does on certain things. Yeah. Um, so I started um, sort of saying, huh why is you know why why is that way um too and then i later on in life as i started um getting involved in um different working groups with professionals and i started hearing a lot of people's like dissatisfaction with their with their um jobs and, and lives and things and I, I i didn't really understand it because i'd say you know we have you know, we're so much luckier than so much of the world, you know, we don't have to necessarily be thinking about where we need our food every day and have a place to stay. And we could be kind of commanding what we'd like in this world. But why is it that there's so much dissatisfaction and, and some of the mental health issues? Um, and so that brought me to where I am today, which is is um, one a better understanding myself? Trying to take some of these learnings and help other entrepreneurs find um, more happiness and harmony in their life, um, and, and using the powers of the mind, including aspects of creativity, to um, to kind of ten x their business or and really ten x their lives, if you will.
0: Yeah. So, how did what made you want to get into really helping other entrepreneurs? I mean, I know when we're offline, you're talking about some businesses that you have. Done before and started and grew, and you have this experience of doing it pretty much internationally in other cities in the world. I mean, kind of walk us through a little bit about your experience in the businesses that you have done before, and what led you to want to help other entrepreneurs.
1: Yeah, so I've always been helping entrepreneurs, helping others. I would say since since um, since that and that, um, but but now more formally as I'm uh, less less tied to to certain corporate um, jobs right now. Um, so. I, I think this all really started with, um, as all stories do, or is really with um, how I was brought up. Um, I was brought up with uh, two immigrant parents um, who came to the U.S. when they were in about um, like high school age um, and, and, you know, didn't speak very good English and really had to kind of had come from a pretty good family in China, but had to rebuild from everything uh, in America. Like my grandmother, you know, worked on an assembly line um, because she couldn't speak English. And that was like the only thing she could really do. Um, and, and so they were both educators and I, when I grew up, I really saw in my family, it was almost like an open door where we were, I felt like we were, we were always helped. Like my parents treated their students as if they were their own children, if you will. So my growing up, I, I spent a lot of time like teaching people. We had a, a lot of foreign students. So teaching people how to speak English. I was teaching them how to drive. I was making food for them so that they didn't have to um, worry about that while they were studying, preparing apartments, um, different things, um, or uh, all, all sorts of things that one would um, do as they've come into a country. And I think that was in many ways, it was like you know the, the forever giving circle. Like my parents, I think they found their arrival in the US easier when they had people helping them. So likewise, they wanted to help um, their students within that. Um, and it was, it was not even just new to this country, but it was also m- many of my mom's students, she worked with talented and gifted kids in high school, many of them were like first time ever ones that we were thinking about college. Mm. Um, and so and that entails a lot of different things. So I was um, grow when I grew up, It was always a sense of we're here to help or that's just what I knew, like it's always about giving and teaching and re-educating back. Um, Thanksgiving was kind of like uh, United Nations at our house. Anyone who didn't have a place to go would would be at our we had a very, very long, we had an old library table. And that's kind of where that was. Um, So when I was I started my first company when I was 12 years old. Um my brother was away at school and he, like me, loved um house chocolate chip cookies. And so I thought I'd make him some one day um for his before his exams. So I you know had to like beg my mom to take me to the grocery store. We got the, the materials and to bake them, and then I had to go find a box, wrap it up, and then beg her to take me to the post office, etc. And so it's like a whole ordeal. And it was actually quite an expensive ordeal to kind of just go through this whole process, um, let alone the time, but also the materials and, and the hassle. And so one day, um, as I was actually we, my, was walking with my sister, we came up with the idea, well, why don't we do this for all the students at Yale University, which is where we live nearby and help them because um, you know, we could do it, and then the parents wouldn't have to be doing this whole process. And so then started my first company called Nick and Nat with my, my sister's name Natasha, and I'm Nicole, so Nick and Nat. Um, and we, um, you know it was, it was so wonderful to be so naive at that time because I had we had no no money at all to start this with just this great idea. Um, and so it was like, okay, well, we should save money and buy in bulk. Um, but like, didn't have any money to buy the stuff. And so I was like, Well, we, I said, I once read about this computer company where they actually made people prepay. So let's, come, when the parents come in town, we'll ask them to prepay for the four exam periods. Um, and that should give us the cash flow to, um, to, to uh, buy the ingredients ahead of time. Uh, And then, and I had priced it and it was, I was actually looking at the time we, it cost almost like over $2 a cookie went up through that mailing process. So we charged something like that at, in you know, this was like in the, uh, in the seventies sometime and which is equivalent like $8 a cookie today, but it actually worked out cheaper um, for the parents. uh, And it was, I think like, you know, only just over like a hundred dollars for four times a year so um it wasn't you know worked for them and they could write notes and and so began my first business um and it was going really really well actually so well that i decided i told my parents i what i didn't need to go to college because this is like um the best thing and and, and then then it got shut down quickly like <laughs> um, no, no but uh, yeah but now if i had had the knowledge though but that I did later on get at Stanford I probably should have sold it and become the next Mrs. Fields or something you know
0: <laughs> there you go cool so what was the cuz you you said you had three different businesses so you had Nicknak and then what was the journey after that so you started at a young age you realized that there was a problem and a need out there you ended up creating it and then you went on to what oh
1: so let's see so then um so 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 then I, I then I was at at school and um uh then after let's say what did I then, um, so I, I went to uh, to uh, to to um, school, and then I ended up working on um, on Wall Street there. Um, so that so I actually, throughout these whole times, we had different little businesses along the way. I would say the next kind of some of the other um, businesses I started were within um, within corporations and different different things there. Um, so when I was like, one of the businesses I started was—they um, got more formal here. So when I was when I first got, when I first got to um, China, um, it, it, this was a little small business, and actually this was a personal business of mine. Um, and this once again it was based on a need I saw. I had um, I had two children at the time, and the education I saw in China was not as creative as what I was seeing in you know the rest of the world and i am a a big um artist at heart right so i've studied uh, classical violin and piano since very young and um and so i wanted i knew that it was really important for for children to get exposed to music early and i was looking for the right system that was differed from just the, you know the hardcore classical training which you could find in china mm-hmm. um and so I, there's this, I looked at the different programs and I saw this thing called Music Together, hmm. which I thought was one of the best ones. And it, it has a lot to do with music and how it works with the brain, et cetera. And um, I was fascinated by that. And so I got certified in this system and then I brought that to China. Um, and uh, so I, I, you know, just it, it was um, this one wasn't really focused so much on the great business idea because I, I actually I was working at the time. So this was just something. That, but, yeah, um, I set it up and then I started inviting um, my friends and they, it's pretty soon became our own little enclave, if you will, in China. And what and it was it was wonderful because it was a what a creative way, a constructive way to play. And. Um, And, you know, now in hindsight, looking back, it it, it was probably um, one of the most instructive things I did in terms of learning as a first-time mother how to have constructive play with my child. And it's funny to this day, and now we're talking, you know, a couple of decades almost, um, people, I still keep in touch with a lot of the students. And they say to me, like, this was the best time they've had and really got to know their child um and, and um and how much like they're learning from it w- within that aspect it's really cool um oh yeah so th- and then anyway so then it then it, i did i did some other little different things um within that and then i think the next bigger business i did was was um i i started um a um it was like a tech incubator and so we started sort of a, a thing called tech talk where we mixed investors with companies um and we would, and I would train the entrepreneurs how to present their business to look for, for equity in, in that. Um, and we had um, people like Esther Dyson was there, and Arthur Anderson helped sponsor and different things. And then within that, I um, we incubated five different kind of tech companies within that aspect here.
0: Wow. So you definitely got quite a bit of experience from a young age and build, building uh, a lot of different businesses and helping different people and doing different spaces and industries and corporate and everything like that. So you got you have a quite a bit of a journey, which is awesome.
1: Well, yeah. And, I, and I've been very lucky after I went to Stanford Business School, I became the uh, the the president of the Alumni Association, of which. Um, there are tens of thousands around the world. And so somehow that they, a lot of people would keep coming to me for ideas and different things. And so I've had the pleasure of, um, of, of hearing many people's journeys and advising the best I can around, along their journey.
0: That's really cool. So all of this stuff had led you to do what you're doing today, which is what?
1: Right, so right, you know, so I, um, I've been a few years now out of corporate America. And um, before I kind of venture back in to big corporate America, I started, I said, I wanted to take some time and, and focus on, I'll um, say, just come back into the, the small, small business arena and, and also have more flexibility in my life. And so um, one of the first things I did was, and I love companies. Um, and I did a scan and I found that, um, that there's so much of the world is based on franchises and businesses. And, uh, so my, so I, one of the first things I did, um, was look to invest in a franchise. Um, and that was one, um, JR, the, a way for me to, as I kind of going on to, to my, my My uh, consulting and and coaching business, this was a way to kind of have some sort of structure and a framework in there because when you build a business, um, there are different phases. So like the zero to something is one set of skills. And then set of skills from something to, let's say, the first million is yet another set of skills. And then, um, you know, it goes on different. So, like, a lot of my life has been spent on the tens of millions to billions company size. Um, and so, as I was like, okay, I want to spend some more time on the, the beginning stages and work with small companies, which are really the, the heartbeat of the America, I decided to go the franchise route. And, uh, and I was doing this in parallel with my consulting and coaching work so that I could, if you will, kind of have my built-in family with me. Um, so I have a, a franchise, of, which is a computer coding school for children. Um, and it kind of combines two of my great loves, which is education and, and children, which I believe are like you know the future of, of our genera- of, of, the, of the world, if you will and we teach them computer coding. Um, and what I love about this school is not only we teaching them what I call the fifth language of that is absolute must, so it's reading, writing, arithmetic, um, financial literacy now, technological literacy. I also focus on what I call the three Cs, which is um, the, the right brain of creativity, left brain critical thinking and confidence, which I call the sub, what the subconscious brain is about um and because i felt you know that this is something that is critical to kind of a person um and as i'm building out my coaching practice i have realized that a lot of us still that we have that kid within us which needs exactly the same three things um and so uh i've been helping um you know in my work with entrepreneurs i'm putting a lot more focus now on not just the business aspects which um you know i can kind of do in my sleep if you will <laughs> For some of that that side but more like the, the 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 subconscious part of the brain which is what i was saying from the very beginning it is the um the we're we're actually uh you know 95% of our 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 actions are driven by you know so you know we've all heard the things that the 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 thought is what drives the reality and the the thought is can be controlled you know and so the 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 the, the, the lesson i think that you see, it's a forever lifelong lesson that one tries to master is to not let outside influences influence the thought as much. So it's really to to work on life or work on life from the inside out instead of the outside in, sort of being more proactive if you want, sort of reactive to the outside forces.
0: Yeah, that seems to be a really big thing. I've been and I don't know if I'm just kind of getting connected with a lot of people that are teaching about that. But I've over the past few months, I've recently been learning more about the subconscious thought. It's a powerful thing. Um, what would you say? Well, let me take a step back. So something that I teach my clients within Creed Consulting all the time is about their messaging and the big promise statement. Like I, the people that, who do you help and what desire do you, do you help them get it overcome? So for you, when you're helping people tap into that, like small, like small business owners, I believe you said, when you're helping these small business owners tap into the, un, the subconscious mind, what is the desired outcome that you're wanting to help them achieve by working with you?
1: Well, it's interesting you say small business owners because um, they often start out small, but I never, I don't call them that because I want them to be, to just think of them as business owners. Um, And, and, you know, so I, so I have clients that go from zero to actually one of them just got valued uh, within just over a year now at at like 40 million. Um, And then, and and then I have those that have now hit the billion and, but those, those, their new economy business models. but um what what I um work on is really these six words: dream it, see it, and create it. And it's as simple a, and as difficult as that. Um and so it is taking a dream, um which you know it's really it's been very interesting for me. As children, you know, everyone can have a dream so easy. And then one finds like later on in life, it's like one starts losing the ability to or one can start losing the ability to dream. And I, and I don't mean just like a dream like, oh, I dream of going to Fiji or set or like or just like a, a but but like a real dream that someone's really wants and like it's the all driving thing. It's, you know, mm-hmm. something that is, you know, call it the, the uh, a crazy, crazy goal. Um, It's that they're willing to be committed to. And and it's, I think uh, that sometimes with disappointments in life or all of the responsibilities one has, one forgets that one can still dream like they did as a a child when anything, anything was possible. So that's what, um, you know, so that's the first thing sort of coming to the dream. So So that's why I love working with entrepreneurs because they usually have some sort of passion. So like whether it's helping um like one person I'm working with is helping the black community in their in their health business, right? And so like helping them have healthier because they some um someone else is um you know working with the Asian community and different aspects. And so it's sort of like dreaming something that maybe is not as optimized as it is today. And they can see it and they had it's um, a real raison d'être for them to why it has it. And then the second thing is to see it, and and what what that really is is more kind of a a, a ability to visualize it and and really kind of see all the details within that, and and that is when you can see it, then you can believe it. Because if you can't really see what's happening, it's it's not hard. And 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 it's and where um, where it's really hard is. Um, i think jr you're as a man of faith you and myself as well we know that sometimes it's more important to know the what than the how and, and we and in it, it's with, with with god's help and the, the the universe you know when when someone has some a worthy mission or something and, and and can just kind of hold on to it somehow doors open towards it if you will um and, and then, and then the, um, the the third thing is really this notion of create it, uh, and that is if you kind of go from the um, the head, which is the dream it, kind of see it, I think like eyes and, and and the heart, and then the create it. If you think of it, it's like what are you doing on day to day, and um, and that is um, really. Kind of putting in the systems in place and the structure to, to, to get it done. And, and it's as, it's as banal as make sure you stay as healthy as you can. So you can have that energy, um, which is like the sleep habits, the, the water, the exercise and the kind of, and then the daily, daily mindset that to, to get it done and, and mindset interesting enough is about 20% insight, but 80%, uh, really just a, a muscle. There and so one of the I use whole different modalities there, but one of them I use is this um, this notion of uh, positive intelligence, which is a Stanford um, person named Shazad Shamani. He comes out with he has these, this notion of these these fitness exercises as like you know like as as much as you do um, physical exercises for the body, there's like fitness exercises for the brain to just kind of get yourself ready and primed for it. And you know, if you think about like, um, you, I can tell you all about all we all day long about how a push up really works, and you can watch me do it and master it. But until you do it yourself, nothing really happens. You're not going to yeah. get a change, right? And so, this likewise is um, similar with. Um, with you know, like the muscles of the brain, if you will.
0: Yeah. I love that. And that's something definitely really powerful and easy to remember, just kind of the dream it, see it and create it type thing, which is, uh, and, and the quote that he said that I wrote down and kind of stuck with me is like, when you see it, you believe it, and that's so true. It's like, you got to first visualize it and then believe it before it comes a reality type thing. Cause it's yeah. hard to know what you're gonna what you can achieve and where you're going to go in life if you can't even visualize it yourself. And if you're not visualizing it, it's really hard to believe that's even possible to even overcome. So I like how easily you broke it down. Now, if you, if, if you, when you work with someone uh, starting out in business and, and just kind of, you know, their brand new client, what you're doing with them, what is like the first thing that you start working with them? Or what is something that our audience and our listeners can take away saying, Hey, what can I implement now to start making a difference in my, to impact our business? What, what kind of advice would you give them from there?
1: Yeah, so um, I would say that um, the the um, one of the things I found really helpful is that oftentimes if we just say well, start with where you are today, um, and and if you know there's oftentimes people see a wheel and then they say okay you know how are you on their health and your wealth and your relationships and different things, and then you get these different numbers. Now, what I um, one of the things I'd like to impart is that yes. Obviously, it's hard to be like high peak everything, and one would have tend to have low numbers. But if there are some very low numbers, those have got to be raised immediately because um, it's not like you you can just live your life on an average. And then, and so for example, health is one of those. Like if the health is low, that is not a let me, I'll wait, I'll do that later. Like, you know, a lot of times I hear people say, I just got to get through this next three months of, you know, my, this crazy period at work, and then I will start my exercise program, et cetera. There is no later when you're dealing with that variable health. Um, and, and actually, many of the variables like relationships. So there has to be at least kind of, I would say, if you scale one to 10, at least you're looking at like a five or six on, on the, that and then you hope there's some peaks. Um, and then so th- if I were to say one thing that is, if you kind of look at your overall life, if health is low or, or really anything, but let's just take health, um, I'd like you to think of yourself as a race car. And if I were to say you're only going to get one car in this life, think about how you would treat that car. And, um, so for example, a lot of times people say, um, oh, you're not just this great news. I'm just going to uh, splurge a little and do this crazy thing or not sleep, et cetera, et cetera. And I I would ask you if that race car had just won the Indy 500, would you come back and then say, okay, now I'm going to give you like shitty gasoline and like just run you for 24 hours without rest, et cetera, et cetera. Is that how you treat your prize car? Um, In many ways, you only have your one body and your one mind. Um, And so treat those well. So as you're very, you know, I think there's been a lot more out there about how to treat your, how to treat your body well, um, in terms of, you know, what you're putting in it, counting calories, et cetera, different things. Likewise, treat your mind well. Um, The, think of a negative thing, like a negative thought. And so if you, what you feed your mind is what drives your life. And so those negative thoughts that any judgments might have against yourself, that is like you need the positives to, to, to you know as you count calories, count these negative things. Don't don't start your day with um negative things and different aspects. Um and I will um so in terms of implementing this, just you know, think of yourself as a race car and and also if you will, the child in you. And and so if like for those of you who have small children, you know, you're very careful what you give them, what you eat, what they see with the time to go to bed. Well, there is a child in each of us and treat your whether it's your child or your risk or however you see it, treat them as you would, you know, a child who you have responsibility for, because this is in that um, and this is like the basis for everything, because you know, uh, I know we're speaking to all, all business owners, and I know even though it could be your passion, it, it can be all time consuming, it can be very stressful and all that. And I'll tell you that in my near-death experiences, as much as I love what I was doing in my business, when I saw these near moments of what I thought was going to be my last moments, I certainly was not seeing my business moments um, at, at that time. I was. It was. It was more my family um, and and loved ones that were were in my mind. So, you know that that's going to be one of the things um, that I would leave people with.
0: Yeah. So when the, when you you mentioned like the circle and different numbers, do you have like a quiz or an assessment that someone can take to kind of see where they're at in all those different categories or pillars, whatever you want to call it?
1: Um. Yes. Yeah, so there is uh, there's um something online called the uh, Life Book. Okay. Um. Through I'm not I'm not sure I'm not quite sure. Let me take let me take a quick look at what that is. And there is so they have a really good um. They have a really good quiz on on life. Um, and it is, let's see. Um, yeah, you, I think you can um if you just go on like mindvalley.com, there's um there's a thing on lifebook. Or, so mind
0: Mindvalley, mindvalley.com and then on life. Yes. Yeah, there's cool. life book. Yeah. And
1: um, I will actually, you know, now that I'll have I also have a link, I believe, on my website at which is um www. Uh, uh, pynicole.com
0: okay cool and we'll drop your website link underneath the this episode yeah, also, sure. so someone can definitely do that so that's really cool I love uh, those three pillars and kind of what you're saying and the guidance of knowing where you're at and actually how to actually take it to the next place but yeah. I mean that's a I mean I, I'm, I'm interested in kind of seeing where I would stand in those three different things so I'm gonna I want to check it out myself to see what, yeah. where where that would be um, so kind of, moving along, you know, we hear a little bit about your story, what you're doing, and then some uh, takeaway that people can, can have. One thing I ask every single guest I have on our show is like, what is their creed? What is the one thing that you're most committed to that you're going to be resilient, even through the most difficult times, you're going to show up every single day, giving your best and having the mental and physical discipline to complete your mesh, mission. So if by hearing that, what would you say your creed is?
1: I would say my creed is um to be kind um and uh and to spread kindness and 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 why and it, it's um and what what why why i say kindness is that the um the fact that we're all here today is something to be so grateful for. You know our time on life is short and so every moment's really precious there. Um and so to be grateful for that um, and I think the biggest gratitude one can do is to see what they have as a thing of abundance, and then to to give out backwards the other way. And and it, and it doesn't have to be just financial. Um, it is um, whatever ways that is most important towards this connection. It's, it's connect. It's human connection. Uh, that is so important ever so more now with you know this covid pandemic continuing on um so so the the, the act of kindness um is you know whether it's just being a listening ear to someone or um you, you know being be, being being that aspect of it for you know for those of us who are or for parents this is probably one of the ways that can show up the most in terms of um when you know when like i have a lot of working parent clients and they'll they'll sometimes like explode at their kid or different things and i don't know for you but i do know that the, the few hot times my parents said harsh words those are the ones i remember despite the millions of times they said kind word uh, you know they, they, they were wonderful but wonderful parents um but the few harsh ones i, I do remember and they stick and so um, to, to always see whether it's in our children or other people, just the child within them and to treat them with like, absolutely with the kindness. And so if someone says something to you, see if there's another way to interpret it. So it's like, as a, from a kindness point of view and, and to kind of give, give the always benefit of doubt and see if one can help, um, because I think um, one 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 will be amazed how what may not seem like a big deal on one end can be um, the the, uh, the greatest gift to someone else.
0: Yeah, I love that. And then spreading kindness is definitely a huge thing. And it's almost like that ripple effect where it's like you know, you're good and you help someone else and you're kind to them. You know, what can they do to impact and help other people as well? And you just never yeah. know. You never know who's going to need it at that right time. So I love that. Yeah. So what is what is the best way for someone to get in touch with you? If they want to be able to hear more about your story, how to get in touch with you, how to you know just uh, learn a little bit more. Where where do you want to send them?
1: Yeah, so they can come to my to my website, um, which I guess you'll drop the link below, and and I can be found on uh, LinkedIn and and Twitter and all the other social medias.
0: Very cool. Absolutely. Did you have any last thing that you would like to leave with the audience?
1: Well. Yeah, I actually, I, I'll, I'd i like to say, I just want to leave just one more tip, which I found extremely useful, and I'd like to share it and if it can help anyone to be so honored. And that is just the notion of, you know, people talk a lot about this miracle morning and starting your day off right. Um, but for you good um, scouts out there, you always know it's about preparedness. And so I um, would also like to share that the bookend to the miracle morning is the enchanted evening, so I call it. And, um, and so that is, I, I, I would wish upon everyone as, as I'm doing my creed of, of spreading kindness is to, to live and enchan- to have an enchanted evening. And so whether that is telling a bedtime story to your kids, um, or something, but end your end your day, if you will, as you prepare for um, your sleep, which is actually a very powerful time to <clears throat> have great thoughts within your head, so that your dreams during your sleep will be powerful. And when you wake up, you can um, dream it, see it and create it.
0: I love that. And I definitely put some notes on that. And it made me think of like my bedtime evening routine with my kids, because, you know, just kind of what does that routine look like? And how can I improve their sleep, their dreams and and prepare for the next day, which is is awesome. So cool. Well, thank you so much for sharing everything that you did. Uh, I definitely get a lot of value. I definitely learned quite a bit about you, and just be it was awesome to hear more about your story, what you do, and how you're making an impact to help other people. And for any of the listeners out there that are listening, they're hearing this, uh, make sure you guys click on the links that are below this episode. And if you got any questions, just connect it with those links, reach out to Nicole, and we look forward to uh, hearing any questions you guys may have. And until next time, Simplify. Thank you for listening to the Daily Creed podcast show with JR Spear. If you want to get more leads and grow your business, head over to fitprofunnels.com to get your free gift today. That's fitprofunnels.com. And to connect with JR online, check them out on Facebook at jr.spear.3. Or feel free to join the Facebook group at FitProFunnels. And you can also find them on Instagram at
1: jr.spear.